Welcome to Holistic Sex Ed Radio, where we are changing the way parents talk to their kids about sex, relationships, and how to stay safe in our rapidly changing world. You are your kid's best source of information and primary example. In these thought-provoking conversations, Robin and her guests seek to improve your relationship skills, expand your knowledge, and give you the tools to help your kids make the most out of their lives. Now, here's your host, Robin LaCrosse. Hello and welcome to Holistic Sex Ed Radio. I'm your host, Robin LaCrosse, and today I have a really interesting conversation lined up for you. You may find yourself wondering why I have invited a dog trainer to come and speak on mental health, PTSD, relationships, and lots more. I promise you this is going to be a really interesting conversation. So I'm really excited to introduce to you Ryan Matthews. He is an inspirational speaker, author, and a decorated veteran. Thanks so much, Ryan, for your service. Who trained elite army canines and then became a civilian dog trainer using his proven formula to train over 3,000 dogs. He earned almost a million dollars in two and a half years in his dog training business. As a workaholic, his success was plagued by the effects of a childhood trauma and PTSD. At the age of 30, he was diagnosed with multiple life-threatening conditions. After a near-death experience, he felt like a failure. He decided to transform himself and share his stories to help others thrive. He's the author of The Canine Connection and Heal Your Dog, Heal Your Life. Ryan's mission in life is to share his gifts and talents to positively transform the lives of others. His first TED Talk is called Overcoming PTSD with Dog Training Techniques, and his second is Life Lessons Dogs Teach Humans. Hey, Ryan. Thanks so much for being with us today. Hi, Robin. Uh, Happy to be here. I'm looking forward to what we uncover today. Yes. So I know that you have a very interesting story. And um, to help our audience get to know you a little bit better, can you just tell us a little bit about your journey? And, you know, um, in that in that story, can you tell us a little bit about how did you end up with PTSD? And why did you become a dog trainer? Absolutely. So a lot of times when people find out that I'm a combat canine handler, they assume my PTSD happened from the war. And sure, I definitely did get PTSD exacerbated from the war. um, But what I had really discovered as I have begun to do my transformational work on me as a human being over the past few years is that I've had PTSD from, from quite a while. It started from childhood. And this is actually pretty common. And it's something that a lot of people are not talking about um, that join the service or even there's also a correlation as it relates to inmates with uh, childhood trauma and and then, you know, the crimes that that they have committed. Uh, There's a lot of similarities as it relates to them and and military, which is kind of interesting as it relates to the pre-trauma, right? And so, again, I've had PTSD Um, for multiple ways. And I think that's really important that people understand that PTSD can show up in different ways. It's Mm -hmm. not just, oh, you were in combat. Uh, I was also sexually assaulted as a little boy, which I never spoke about because I thought it would define me or I would be judged. And it wasn't until my 30s that I truly started talking about that. Mm -hmm. And so, and why did you, you know, turn to dog training? Yeah, that that was kind of an interesting... um, Thing how I got to that. It, essentially, I trained dogs in the military, right? right? 
And the funny part was, and I don't condone this. It's just how my lifestyle was. I was essentially a small time drug dealer as a teenager. Mm-hmm. And I was involved in a, a stabbing where my friend tried to rob me and I attempted to stab him, but nearly cut my finger off. And the joke is like, I wasn't cut out for it. Right. <laughs> <laughs> right. <laughs> Literally. And, and really, you know, this guy threatened to blow my head off with a shotgun and I chose to run away and join the army. And I said to the recruiter, look, I'll join right now. If you give me two things, you let me be stationed overseas I wanted to run away. Mm-hmm. And if you give me military police, you see, Robin, I didn't really have the, the discipline that I had wanted as a kid. And, and I knew I needed some help, but I didn't know how to get there. Mm-hmm. And so my thinking was I could, if you can't beat them, join them kind of thing. And so that's why I joined the army. And that's how I got into being a dog handler back in 2002. And uh, my first dog was a 95 pound German shepherd narcotic detection dog. Mm-hmm, the irony, huh? <laughs> exactly, which is kind of crazy, right? Mm-hmm. And and that was just, it was great in that, like, that was me starting to work towards, you know, stepping into more of who I really am, although I was really far away from tapping into the essence of who Ryan really is. It hasn't been up until the past few years. So, I've really been a boy in a man's body, you know, is, is my truth. And so, anyways, that's how I got my start with dogs back in 2002. So, I'm kind of dating myself. I've been working with dogs for 18 years. Wow. Mm-hmm. And, and I, so, I trained military working dogs. I would do things like searches for the Secret Service for a president or vice president. And uh, then I would, I volunteered to go overseas. So, I worked with special forces and infantry, searching for weapon caches and uh, explosives in like an open field and these types of things. And then I got out of the army after six years of service and was involved in a really horrible ATV accident. It almost killed an ex-girlfriend and I, and I moved to Colorado to take care of her. And in doing so, I didn't know what I was going to do for work. Mm -hmm. And I knew I needed to start to make some money. And therefore, I ended up buying into a dog training franchise for $12,500. And I share that number for a specific reason. In that in two and a half years, Robin, I trained over 3,000 dogs. I ended up having commercials on TV. And then I made, I converted that $12,500 into close to a million dollars in two and a half years. And um, so that's how I got into it was kind of like, it's what I've known. And uh, I definitely do the business now much differently than I had when I was making all that money because I don't I don't do it that way anymore. Mm-hmm. And so and I want to circle back to the, what you said earlier, um, you know, about how you think that you probably had PTSD as a child. And so I wanted to talk a little bit more about you know, kids and PTSD, because you're right, Uh we do tend to think of that as like something that soldiers get or, you know, some somebody that something else would get not necessarily our children. And so can you talk a little bit about, you know, kids and PTSD and, and that? Absolutely. I I feel like a lot of your audience can is going to be able to relate to this. I remember my very first love, she was of 15 and I was 15 years old when we first had met and I was really excited. She was who I, I thought she was the prettiest girl in our high school. And I was so excited for our very first date. I remember I met her dad, really big guy. And I was really intimidated of him when I shook his hand at the front door and then asked to take his daughter on a date. And so it was a date 
uh, the first date was kind of, <laughs> come to think of it, I wasn't too smooth. It was essentially she and I, and then uh, three carloads of my friends, we all went out and, and did some, I forget where we were going, but that was our first date. And that's all relevant because on this first date with Sabrina, it was she and I in the back of a car. My friend was driving and one of our friends was a passenger. And then the other two carloads of my friends were driving on the freeway. And my friends are weaving in and out of one another. We're going about 100 miles an hour on the freeway. Mm-hmm. And this, again, is our first date with Sabrina and I, right? <laughs> oh, goodness. So, okay. At least it was a bit exciting. Uh-huh. And then I remember, this is in Southern California, and so there's like six, six lanes on the freeway, right? Like it's mm-hmm. pretty busy, and this was towards the evening. And, and again, I was not driving for the record, right? <laughs> right, right. Uh-huh. <laughs> and then all of a sudden, the fun came to a, a crashing end where like literally because there was a car stalled on the freeway and I remember my friend who was driving yelled out oh crap and we ended up hitting the brakes and we hit this stalled car on the number two lane now that's rare to find a stalled car on the freeway in southern California right it's just right. the freeways are so busy but we hit this car going they say impact was probably 50 to 60 miles per hour And we all survived. The person that we hit got really banged up. And I remember the tow truck driver coming and he was like, hey, good job, kids. You had your seatbelts on. And I was like, well, how do you know that? And I've always been one to kind of question everything. You know, like Mm -hmm. I'm very, very curious person. And he said, because you wouldn't be here. He's like, he'd be dead, man. He's like, that was a horrible accident. And I didn't think that much of it. You know, she, the, Sabrina was in a lot of pain. Uh, we were all bruised from the seatbelts and tried to not think too much of it. However, the lingering effects are that of now when I see still to this day, in fact, my palms are sweaty talking about this. When I would see cars and brake lights on the freeway, my heart races a little bit. Mm-hmm. or if I have to brake quickly or someone's following closely and I'm a passenger, I get a bit of anxiety. You see, that's PTSD, Robin, from that car accident. Mm-hmm. So it can show up in different ways, not always how we, how, what's commercialized. So right. just a car accident can result in PTSD. Mm-hmm. You know, and I think a lot too about, you know, the things that kids are faced with today you know like the school shootings and this kind of stuff i mean there's so many reasons why children might have anxiety stress post-traumatic stress you know what other ways i mean i've heard you mention that ptsd can show up in a variety of different ways what other ways can ptsd show up as i'm not sure that your audience will be able to fully relate to this one uh, but potentially so when i came back from so i talked about you know, having anxiety while driving. Now, when I came back from the war, how PTSD showed up was not being able to drive over trash on the, on the freeway or on, on the road, really. Mm-hmm. I would want to go around the trash because as a bomb dog handler, I was conditioned that things that look suspect may blow up. Yeah. Right. Or I could not even step on a sewer manhole cover because I didn't know was, what was underneath it. And I thought maybe that could even explode. 
Mm-hmm. And I couldn't put my back to the front door at a restaurant because I was concerned of who may come in, suicide bomber, someone coming in with a weapon. I mean, it was so extreme that like I would check people out to see if they had a weapon on them mm-hmm. out in public. Mm-hmm. And then it shows up as you don't – people aren't safe is what's the story you tell yourself in your head. So then what? Then you don't want people standing next to you in, in a store in line, right? And so it's this hypervigilance. It's this state of fear is really what it is. Uh, but there's good news from all of this. There's good news that if people are willing to do the work, we can actually move beyond PTSD and move into post-traumatic growth. And that's what I've been working really hard to be able to do. So post-traumatic growth. So that's something I haven't actually heard of. So anybody talk about, which I mean, it makes perfect sense to me, but can you like tell us a little bit about what that is? It's kind of pivoting to your new normal, mm-hmm. right? It's not denying the things that had happened to a person, but it is saying that it, it doesn't define me right? It's a matter of, hey, these certain things happen to me. And for example, let's say me being molested. It's a matter of me stepping into, hey, moving forward, it stops with me. I will never repeat what was done to me. And you see, so really it's about finding the lessons in some of the difficult things that have happened to us. Mm-hmm. And rather than saying, oh, poor me, oh, I'm a victim and this sucks. And, and it does. So allow ourselves to be sad and to mourn and process and this and that. I'm not discrediting that. At the same time, as time goes on and we evolve, in order for us to evolve, we must not let it define us. And so, again, that's a matter of realizing that there are lessons in a lot of this bad stuff that happens to us and just finding the gifts in it. And Mm -hmm. so, we are reframing it. Absolutely. You know, and I feel very similar myself, you know, being a survivor of sexual abuse myself, you know, I mean, these things happen to me and I can't change it. Would I change it? Well, I certainly wouldn't wish it on anybody else, but would I change it? No, because where I am right now is because of those things that have happened to me and I've, you know, found the gifts in them and if, you know, turned it into something positive. You know, I'm out here talking on the radio show, helping parents have these important conversations with their kids. And, you know, hopefully the ripples, you know, of my experience are spreading outward and helping people avoid similar experiences. Cause that's really what it's all about is educating our kids so that they can successfully avoid, <laughs> you know, and have healthy childhoods, you know? So we're going to take a quick commercial break. And when we come back, we're going to talk about this some more. Have you friended us on Facebook yet? Why not? Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for the keywords Voice America. Once you are part of our Facebook network, you'll receive daily messages about what's happening with our shows, this week's featured guests, and new happenings at the Voice America Talk Radio Network. And you can add your voice to the always active discussions on our timeline. Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for Voice America. Since we're talking about bucket lists, I want to tell you a little bit about Seize the Moment. It's your life. This home study course is all about creating the life that you desire. So if you feel stuck, uninspired, or unmotivated, if you're not clear about what your next step is in one or more areas of your life, if you've realized that you haven't made any progress towards your dream in years, it's time to change that. 
seize the moment, it's your life, will help you find the time for the things that are most important to you. So if you're ready to finish that project, take a trip or learn a new craft, if you're tired of making excuses and holding yourself back, if you are ready to give yourself permission to have it all, seize the moment, it's your life, is for you. You can just go to holisticsexedradio.com, sign up today for Seize the Moment, It's Your Life, It Will Change Your Life. We're with you wherever Alexa and Google are. At home, in the car, on your smart TV, and your connected devices. Hey, Alexa. Hey, Google. Play my favorite Voice America podcast on TuneIn. It's just that easy. But don't forget to make sure you actually mention the name of the podcast show to make it work. You are listening to Holistic Sex Ed Radio. Want to go deeper into this conversation? Visit us on the web at holisticsexedradio.com. Now back to Robin LaCrosse. So we're back. So Ryan, it looks like you have something you want to add to that. Please feel free. Well, first of all, I just wanted to tip my hat to you for not allowing yourself to be in that victim mindset, which a lot of people are. And you're essentially being of service, which is a beautiful thing. And you're likely saving many lives. And so I just, again, tip my hat and have a lot of respect for that. And and I thank you for what you are doing for your community and, and so many others. It's a beautiful thing. And But what I'm hearing also in all of that is you are using your voice. Mm-hmm. And that's what, when we're living in PTSD, we often don't do or use is our voice. Mm -hmm. And I would imagine you would know far better than I because you have your own show. When you use your voice, when you speak about the things, when we turn our mess into our message or our pain into our purpose type of thing, it's actually therapeutic and quite healing. And so what I hear is you're using your voice and it's probably helping you process all of that as well. And I think that that may be something for your audience to consider. I know that I was involved in something that became known nationwide that was some negative press. It was really bad and I hid from it for five years. And it wasn't until the TEDx stage where I shared what really did happen. Mm -hmm. And it was very therapeutic. It hurt. It hurt for sure. And I cried on stage and I knew I was going to, but the point is, is that I shared. And the more that we share, friends, the more that we put ourselves out there, the easier it is to talk about it, the less power that thing underneath the thing has over us. So, Ryan, the thing under the thing, when you said that, like, there's just so much, like, under all of the issues, like, that people have, there's something under there hidden. (laughs) And when you said that, I was just like, whoa, the thing under the thing. Let's talk more about that. Yeah, I think it's profound as well. And whenever I share it, people seem to love that. Uh huh. You know, Robin, that's not my material or I didn't come up with that. That's actually one of my healers who's largely responsible for my growth. And his name is Dr. Michael Hoffrath. He is in Malibu. And uh, I highly recommend people reach out to him. I'm happy to share his link as well. Uh, But anyways, he's the one that taught me this is that he's like, look, Ryan, you're getting all pissed off and all this stuff. And he's like, the reality is you're not mad about that stuff. You're not mad about that door slamming. He's like, there's something deeper that's really Mm -hmm. bothering you. And so that's this whole thing underneath the thing that the thing that we think we're being bothered by or the thing that we think we're scared of. 
it's not always really that thing. It's something that's deeper that we have likely not resolved. And so I think that's probably like misdirected anger or, you know, misdirected emotion, et cetera, et cetera. So how can we like ferret out like what that thing under the thing is? Hmm. I mean, some of us might know, like, I mean, those of us who, you know, remember sexual abuse and that kind of stuff, it's like, we might not make the connection, but chances are there's maybe some kind of connection there or, you know, go ahead. What are your thoughts? My thought is to number one, just slow down. And now the practice is quite simple, but one of the most difficult things that we all should likely do in our life. And that is the thing happens. Let's use, well, go ahead, Robin, choose an example of some triggering event. Uh, maybe it's a slamming of the door, anything. Go ahead and select something and then we'll play this out. Um, well, you know, what comes to mind is, uh, I don't know, I feel like I had a kind of an outsized reaction to my boyfriend vaping. You know, it was uh -huh. just like a temporary thing in his mind. He's, you know, doing it for fun while he's on this six-week trip. And I was just like, oh my God, don't do this. You know, this is like terrible. You're setting a new habit, you know, by six weeks, you're just going to vape all the time, you know, and it's like, as he was doing it as he's starting a new job. And I kind of freaked out a little bit over it and, you know, and, and yes. it's maybe, can... an, <laughs> maybe an oversized reaction, but yeah, it felt like really like, like, oh my God, I can't believe you're doing this. And like, like betrayal and like, just really like crazy emotions that were coming up. I can already see your audience's heads nodding with that example. I think you picked a great example. And I feel like a lot of people are going to be relate to probably that specific situation and others that are similar to it. And so let's take that instance of the vaping. And really, it, the vaping represents something else to you. Okay, as whatever my example would be, something would represent something else to me. It's not necessarily about the vaping. And do I have your permission right now to go very deep with where we're playing at? Can we go really deep on this? Yeah, let's do it. All right, cool. So here's the thing, friends, is it's showing up as vaping, okay? Now, a lot of us, and again, I'm not saying that everyone does, but a lot of us have a limiting belief. Mine is I am not enough and it has to do with me being abandoned as a little child, all right? And so, therefore, I seek validation. I try to prove myself to be valuable by accomplishing a lot of things to prove that I am enough for you to have me around and for me to be into your life, okay? So, one of my triggering things is, again, abandonment. So, anything that shows up as that, it has to do with my limiting belief as a kid. Now, Robin, as it relates to this vaping thing, maybe the vaping, so first of all, your boyfriend is vaping and then it, you're thinking likely with your head hmm. and this is normal. Now, a few things. One is if we can all slow down and we, this will allow us to figure this out for ourselves. If we can slow down, and this is why I said this is one of the most easy, easiest and most difficult things for us all to have to do is get out of our head slow down, take a breath or two or three, and then drop down into your heart, into what you're feeling, not what you're thinking, what you're feeling, right? And so as we slow things down, you ask your heart for truth, right? But we don't. We're like in our head and you're like, oh, you're vaping. And then all the, we tell, start to tell all these stories. Mm -hmm. And so if we can slow down, and think with our heart and our soul. And then, once we're calmer, 
we speak our truth to our partner or whoever about what showed up for us when they had done that. And so potentially can we entertain and be curious about is vaping have something to do with, again, and I I don't know you that well, Robin, even though I've listened to some of your shows, maybe it has to do with your childhood where someone had died over an overdose or um, a loved one was using substances and wouldn't give you their time. Instead, they would give their time to the substance. Or maybe it has to do with a family member that had has died from vaping or smoking or something like that, someone that you cared about. And then that triggers your thought of you losing your, your significant other. Yeah, I think there's some truth in there, you know, um, especially, you know, my dad passed away a few years ago from lung cancer and he wasn't necessarily a big smoker, but, you know, there was some cigar use in there and lots of farm, you know, so a lot of particulates in the air and, you know, chemicals welding, you know, over time and this sort of thing. And so, yeah, I think that there's, you know, there is like that fear of death kind of thing. And I noticed when we were having, you know, as as we were starting this conversation, I noticed I was holding my breath, you know. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> yes. I was like, okay, yeah, there's stuff in there for sure. Uh-huh. Mm. Wow. I, first of all, I mean, can myself and your entire community and your audience just acknowledge you right now, Robin, for like just how vulnerable you are, man, and how, how awesome you show up. I, I just think that's beautiful. But most importantly, you're giving so much great insight to your audience and your tribe by by leading from the front. So hopefully your audience can, can see how the thing underneath the thing. And so, yes, it's about vape, vaping, but vaping equals or represents potentially losing the loved one. Because broadly speaking, when we think of smoking or vaping, a lot of people may think of like lung cancer, okay? I mean, this is just broadly speaking on a macro level, there's that association a lot of people, the masses think that, okay? And mm-hmm. so, and then there's also the lies that we tell ourselves and the stories we tell ourselves that we have to contend with. And so, of course, it's no wonder. And so, um, that's an example of the thing underneath the thing. And that's why if we can slow down and go into the heart and not come up with what's going on in our heads, it allows us to see the truth, and then you can have a transparent and open conversation. Now, your audience can do this with their, with their parents, right? If, if they get triggered by or annoyed with something that a parent or a friend says, they can slow down, allow things to drop, drop into their heart, and find the truth, mm-hmm. what's really going on, and allow them the truth and guess what it's so much freeing and it's so healthy for your body for your mental health and well-being it can be a huge game changer Mm -hmm. yeah and you know when we're in that space that fear space you know that reactive space it's so easy to get caught up in the stories like our brains spit out stories like if we could write as fast as we could like spin out stories in our brains we would (laughs) all be new york times bestsellers because man (laughs) some of the shit we make up is just amazing you know (laughs) Oh man, you got that one right. You hit that one. So right like, on. so how can do you have like any tools or anything like that? Actually, let's take a quick commercial break, and when we come back, do you have any tools like that can help us get out of that mental spin out and back into our heart space? 
Absolutely. We'll All right. Get into it. Yeah, let's come back after this commercial break and get into that. So we'll be right back. Your favorite Voice America Talk Radio Network shows and hosts are in your car, outdoors, and wherever you need them to be. Listen anywhere. Get our mobile app for iPhone, BlackBerry, or Android at the Apple iTunes App Store, BlackBerry App World, or Android Market. Since we're talking about bucket lists, I want to tell you a little bit about Seize the Moment. It's your life. This home study course is all about creating the life that you desire. So if you feel stuck, uninspired, or unmotivated, if you're not clear about what your next step is in one or more areas of your life, if you've realized that you haven't made any progress towards your dream in years, it's time to change that. Seize the moment, it's your life, will help you find the time for the things that are most important to you. So if you're ready to finish that project, take a trip or learn a new craft, if you're tired of making excuses and holding yourself back, if you are ready to give yourself permission to have it all, Seize the Moment, It's Your Life is for you. You can just go to holisticsexedradio.com, sign up today for Seize the Moment, It's Your Life, it will change your life. We're with you wherever Alexa and Google are. At home, in the car, on your smart TV, and your connected devices. Hey, Alexa. Hey, Google. Play my favorite Voice America podcast on TuneIn. It's just that easy. But don't forget to make sure you actually mention the name of the podcast show to make it work. You are listening to Holistic Sex Ed Radio. Want to go deeper into this conversation? Visit us on the web at HolisticSexEdRadio.com. Now back to Robin LaCrosse. All right, we're back, everyone. So, Ryan, what tools do you got for us to help us get out of our crazy headspace, get yeah. out of the story? But I want to first illustrate, before I share those, those knowledge bombs, I just want to illustrate, like, where I was. Again, not being able to feel comfortable being around a significant other, say, at a restaurant, constantly searching people's hips and ankles to see if they have a weapon. Road rage so bad, I literally would pull people out of their cars and wanting to beat them up. Not oh all the gosh. time, but sometimes. Like, it was extreme. That's and terrifying. I wasn't, yeah, for all of us. <laughs> yeah. But oh, my gosh. I was in fear. I wasn't trying to be a bad guy or be mean. I was just so afraid that their car would blow up, that I wasn't safe. You see, overseas, we don't let people follow us closely. Okay, when oh, in the war, right? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And so, anyways, I, I highlight that I sacrifice myself so that your community can understand how bad it has been for me. And so, these techniques did work for me. Now, I also want to highlight that what worked for me doesn't mean that it'll work for you. And so, I want your audience to come from a place of being curious. Mm-hmm. and see what will work for them. But what has worked for me is a meditation practice. That has been one of the things that has transformed my life, okay? Mm-hmm. And so I meditate every day, uh, and I'm not perfect. I want to share that as well. And I also don't judge my meditations. In fact, I'm not overly satisfied with my meditations. However, when I do meditate, I'm a lot calmer that day. When I meditate, I'm a lot more patient with the interactions that I have with other people. And when I meditate, I'm able to find the more beauty in nature. I'm able to find more gifts into the different things that happen each day and the synchronicities of life really just um, get highlighted, okay? And so for me, meditation is one of them. 
also, I'm a big believer in having coaches or mentors. Mm-hmm. As, and that's something that is huge for your audience, Robin. I've done a lot of public speaking at high schools as, as a mentor and a guide. And it's just been incredible, the feedback that I get from the kids. So I encourage everyone to have someone to look up to for guidance. Uh, I have four coaches myself. Oprah has four coaches or five coaches. Like Everyone that's doing great things pretty much is asking for feedback and guidance from someone that is at a level in which they're not quite at. And so, that's, so that guidance, that mentorship, that really comes down to support and community. All right? Mm-hmm. So we talked about meditation. We talked about community. Another thing that will help is not be so concerned with other people. And I know that like, that seems kind of out there, but it's really not. You see, if we're overly concerned with what other people think about us, then we're not able to live the true essence of who and what we are. We're kind of holding back. And so it doesn't feel freeing, right? And so then maybe we feel a little bit irritated. But if we don't listen to what the naysayers or what the haters think about us, and we can just be ourselves, we feel like we're living our authentic life. And we're not as concerned about being judged and people's words don't have any power over us. Now, that's powerful. If we can stay within our own power and not get thrown onto our heels when someone says something, that's a game changer, right? If we're not so concerned what other people are saying. Now, that doesn't mean that we're not valuing legitimate feedback coming from a great place, but I'm talking about specifically haters. We cannot give haters any power over us over other, or if, if so, then they control us, right? right? Yeah. And so really it comes down to having a, a self-care practice, right? So for me, that equals meditation, positive self-talk, a relationship with a higher power, whether it's God, the universe, whatever you believe in, it's some kind of relationship with something that's higher than yourself. And it's also, that's very humbling as well. And so I'm also constantly putting really positive things into my mind. If you're a negative person, you won't last very long into my life either. I've been getting rid of all the negative people in my life gradually. And the type of people that continue to show up are just incredible type of people. And so, again, community, mentorship, surround yourselves with really great people, have a meditation and a self-care practice, and try to really step into a purpose. And I know that may be a little bit difficult for your audience because they're pretty young. It took me, you know, being into my 30s to figure mine out. But be curious and entertain different things that um, may be one's purpose. Uh, But purpose and mission will help really drive people for sure Mm -hmm, and and stay focused. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and, and I, you know, I really encourage parents to, you know, expose their kids to a wide variety of topics, interests, you know, things in the world because it can help them discover their passion. And, you know, having that passion or purpose in your life is just huge. Um, you know, I mean, I figured out my passion, my purpose when I was 20, and it was educating women about their bodies. And what amazing journey it has led me on, you know, I mean, I get to do all sorts of cool things, including talk to you right now. <laughs> oh, I love it. Thank you. And I wanted to add one more, given what you had just shared, Robin. Sure. And that, this is something that it took me 30, like 36 years to figure out. Mm-hmm. And that's self-love, mm-hmm. right? I 
actually never knew that loving myself and loving my body and acknowledging my body was a thing. I didn't even know that. That wasn't something that was taught in school or my family never taught me about that. But this is a huge thing. And so, especially for your um, female audience members, like there's so much out there for a lot, even myself. So for a lot of us out there about body image, right? Mm -hmm. So regardless of body image, regardless of what other people are saying is to truly have love for yourself, your body, your soul, your mind, your heart, have love for that and have appreciation for that. And you're going to glow. You're going to feel so much better about the person that you are and you deserve it. And so I just wanted to encourage your audience to make sure that they are having self-love for, again, the whole being of who and what they are. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, you know, I think when parents demonstrate that, you know, of course, they're the role models for their children. And so when you teach yourself, or, you know, when you're taking care of yourself, your children see that. And um, also, you mentioned, you know, women, there's a lot out there, you know, for women or girls about self-love. And I think it's something really important for boys and men, too. And like you said, it's not something that we talk about. And, you know, without maybe planting that seed, you know, we don't even realize that that is something that we ought to do for ourselves. You know, basic care of the human body 101 is self-love at its finest. No doubt. <laughs> you know, that's, that's, that's a whole nother show in that, like, we all have this masculine and feminine in us. And mm-hmm. I didn't think that that was a thing. Again, it took me 30 something years to figure that out. But if we look at the mainstream, you know, boys are taught, hey, don't cry, just suck it up and drive on. So absolutely, boys and men are, are just not allowed to always sit with their thoughts or their emotions or tap into their feminine. Mm-hmm. And that's also a lack of self-love and self-care. Mm-hmm. And so I believe that we each have a masculine and a feminine in us. And through conditioning, we're sometimes taught to not always embrace each, but I feel that um, we must. In fact, that's been one of the things that has transformed my life is to tap into my feminine, allow myself to cry and um, be more sensitive and more in tune with uh, my heart. And I can say that once I was able to start to do that, my life just felt so much richer and my interactions with people were so much more rewarding and fulfilling. It was, it was a game changer. Yeah. I was going to say, I bet your relationships just got like so much better, you know, in a short period of time. Absolutely. Because here's the thing, people want to be heard, seen and valued. Right. Mm -hmm. And so when I'm opening myself up and my heart and everything up to people, they feel that they feel valued. They feel like they're important. Mm-hmm. And I, I think that that's, that's so necessary. It's, it's funny, you know, I do all this dog training. It's just something that it's so easy to do with our pets, but towards another human being, it's not always so easy. And so that's part of what I'm interested in doing is highlighting how we show up with animals as it relates to how we can show up with people. Mm-hmm. And that's a fascinating conversation. I've heard you used an example in your Ted talk of, you know, when, your loved one comes home and greets the dog. It's all like, oh, la, 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 la. 
and then when you, so you greet your honey, it's like, oh, peck on the cheek and go in front of the TV, you know? <laughs> That's right. Yeah, like, uh-huh. so the whole thing is if we could look to our animals as almost a role model, right? I talked about have a guide, right? Maybe it's uh-huh. our pets. Uh-huh. If we could, If we could be as enthusiastic with each other as humans as we are with our pets, I bet you our significant others or our family members and our friends would feel so much more valued. Mm, and kids like imagine if you were to give your kids that kind of love and you know unconditional attention and you know energy that that could be really transformative for your relationship with your child no doubt right so that's something for each of us to think about on the role that we each play and how we show up because here's the thing if that's what we're wanting to receive from someone else say from our kid or vice versa then it can start with us Mm -hmm. Because there's more likelihood of them mirroring what we're giving to them once we do it. Yep. Well, and, and, you know, some of us don't know how. And so when we have somebody displaying those behaviors, we're like, oh, this is a possibility that I never even thought of. And so, therefore, it opens a door and allows for, you know, more exchange of that kind of energy. So, I think that's really great. Yeah. Absolutely. So what other what other like lessons have you learned from, you know, interacting with the canines and, and working with dogs? Like what other life lessons have, have you picked up from our canine friends? Yeah. There's been a lot. Again, I've been in this dog training world for eighteen years. And so what I highlight in the second TEDx talk is that dogs don't take things personally. And this is something that I've struggled with for quite a while of holding grudges, right? Or it, it's, it's easier said than done, but dogs will get into a fight and they can get over it quickly, like within five minutes or less. They'll literally like kiss each other, lick and make up, right? And so, how many of us are able to do that? We're holding on to grudges. We're not talking to people and whatever else, but dogs are in the moment. And so, they're also very present. Mm-hmm. They're very much in the moment. They're not thinking about anything else, but just you being right in front of them. And this, again, if we can be present like our dogs are present with us and how much more important and valuable would those people feel when we were interacting? So that means setting your cell phone aside. That means looking someone in the eye when you're speaking to them. Mm-hmm. That means giving your body language and all of your attention to them and they feel important just like your dog does for you, right? Right. Mm -hmm. Yeah, exactly. When when your dog is, you get home, your dog is happy to see you and you have pretty much no choice but to give them love, you know, I mean, I guess you could ignore them, but who can ignore like happy dog at your feet, you know, jumping around and wagging his tail. I'm so happy you're home, you know. (laughs) And and that's why a lot of people pay me money for dog training to solve that problem uh, because it does feel so good emotionally when our dogs are greeting us so enthusiastically. Now, just because I'm highlighting it doesn't mean that it's good from a behavioral standpoint for training because ideally we actually ignore our dogs uh, when they're hyper and jumping on us. And what we do is we acknowledge them when they're calm because as it relates to positive reinforcement, anytime that we are saying, uh, giving feedback such as praise or treats or whatever, we're saying, I like what you're doing. 
Mm. So that's why our dogs are jumping up on us because we are looking at them. Again, part of being present is the eye contact. And so what we want to do is actually ignore the dog. Now, that doesn't mean we can't give love. What we do is we wait until the dog is calm. Then we roll around on the floor and give love and kisses and play with toys or give treats or whatever, because that's the behavior that is going to be more ideal as a calmer dog rather than a dog jumping up and scratching us. Mm -hmm. Yeah, which is not fun. So we're going to take a quick commercial break. And when we come back, let's talk a little bit more about that. Get the news on our shows and other happenings by following us on Twitter. Find us at VoiceAmericaTRN or Twitter.com forward slash VoiceAmericaTRN. Since we're talking about bucket lists, I want to tell you a little bit about Seize the Moment. It's your life. This home study course is all about creating the life that you desire. So if you feel stuck, uninspired, or unmotivated, if you're not clear about what your next step is in one or more areas of your life, if you've realized that you haven't made any progress towards your dream in years, it's time to change that. Seize the moment, it's your life, will help you find the time for the things that are most important to you. So if you're ready to finish that project, take a trip or learn a new craft, if you're tired of making excuses and holding yourself back, if you are ready to give yourself permission to have it all, Seize the Moment, It's Your Life is for you. You can just go to holisticsexedradio.com, sign up today for Seize the Moment, It's Your Life, it will change your life. We're with you wherever Alexa and Google are. At home, in the car, on your smart TV, and your connected devices. Hey, Alexa. Hey, Google. Play my favorite Voice America podcast on TuneIn. It's just that easy. But don't forget to make sure you actually mention the name of the podcast show to make it work. You are listening to Holistic Sex Ed Radio. Want to go deeper into this conversation? Visit us on the web at HolisticSexEdRadio.com. Now back to Robin LaCrosse. So, Ryan, you were just talking about not rewarding bad behavior. And I know that you're a dog trainer. We don't want to reward bad behavior in kids. We want to have the kind of relationship with our children that we get the results that we want. And so, same thing with a dog. So, like, what tips or what could you tell parents, you know, like, to help them get the results that they're looking for. Yeah, it's so this I find really mind-blowing. And I discovered this about a year ago when I was, again, curious about the idea of can my dog training program and system that I've created as relates to teaching a dog, can that overlap to human psychology? And so I reached out to various psychologists and they confirmed that in actuality, yes, this, what I've created called RCTR, and I'm about to break it down for your audience, RCTR truly can apply to teaching humans as well. And so, RCTR is the technique I use to train any dog of any age, of any behavioral issue. Um, so, I'm going to go ahead and share that now. So, RCTR stands for number one, repetition. Mm-hmm. So, in order for us to get a new behavior from a dog we need to repeat that behavior hundreds of times over and over and over for it to get imprinted into their brain. Now, the same thing happens with us as humans in learning in that if we're going to teach a a new task, a new something, 
we need to repeat it. If we want our children to learn how to ride a bike, you have to go through the repetitions. They don't learn it on the first time. And so part of repetition, one of the secrets, folks, is to be patient. Mm-hmm. Okay. Now, the other secret about repetition is it's the second acronym, which is consistency. Now, you need to consistently be repetitious. You see, just doing it once does not get imprinted. We have to go through it over and over and over for it to get locked into the brain and into the body. And so, consistency matters for a few reasons. Number one, the repetitions. But number two, as you as a leader, you see, because dogs are born to follow and they want to follow a consistent leader. And guess what? Your children want to follow a consistent leader as well. Or we want to learn from a teacher that is a fair and consistent leader. That teacher is not taking it out on us because they had a bad day. They are consistently fair and reliable, and it feels safe for us to receive information or learn from that consistent leader. And so first is repetition. Secondly is consistency. You must follow through on your commands, and you must follow through on what you say you want from your kids. So that doesn't mean that you bend the rules based upon how you're feeling that day. Okay, so that's Mm -hmm. consistency. The third one is timing. What we know with dog behavior and psychology and from Pavlov's law is that in order for a dog to learn, we have one second to praise and correct. Now, timing very much matters as it relates to taking the time for self-care each day. Timing matters as it relates to if we're going to acknowledge and reward our children then we must do it in a timely fashion. Psychologists say that let's say our children do something well and we reward it a month later, it does not stick into their brain. Mm-hmm. But if you can acknowledge it in a timely manner, then it does stick. That positive reinforcement sticks and they'll be more likely to repeat it because of the chemicals that you made go off in their brain. They're going to want more of that, okay? Because you, you essentially allowed them to feel really good, Okay. And so timing matters with both praise and correction as it relates to dogs. Now, um, the last one is reward. Mm -hmm. Reward is so, and did you notice that I said timing, also correction and praise. So it's not only about praise. We must have discipline and we must correct when necessary. Okay. But the last one is reward. Now, reward is the motivation. Reward is the whole what's in it for me kind of thing, which is how dogs think. That's how we reinforce and say, great job. That's exactly what I wanted from you. So in the instance of jumping up, I wait until the animal puts all four on the floor, meaning all four paws on the floor. That's when I give the reward. And so we can apply that same type of behavior as it relates to, or that same concept, should I say, as it relates to our kids or whoever it is that we're wanting to acknowledge, okay, is give some type of reward. Now, a lot of the times, I know with my Italian grandmother, it would be she'd give me something sugary, right? And so there's different ways that we can reward. And we want to be, though, this is really good. We want to reward based on the person receiving it, based on their motivation, right? So if I'm giving a dog a milk bone as a reward, but they care more about, oh, you're such a good boy, right? Then that's what you give. You don't give what you think you should give. You give what that recipient wants to receive. Mm-hmm. So that, that's, that's huge. That's juicy. Yeah. That's really juicy. And that <laughs> made me think of like the five love languages. We all right. have ways that we, you know, feel loved or whatever. So yeah. So like my dog, she loves like these little 
they're not quite rawhide, but they're something similar. They're like multi-flavor and like she just goes crazy for them. Like that is hands down like the best thing in the world. And like she wants that more than anything else. And so like if I give her something else, she's like, oh, all right, fine. And then she comes back <laughs> later. I want my bone. I want my bone. And I'm like, all right, fine. <laughs> <laughs> That's cute. Uh, yes. So she's very funny. So actually, it, and my dog is very energetic too. And so it's just a reminder for me, like, oh yeah, she's being a little too crazy for me to just like make sure she gets into that calm state before I reward her. And And so I think it's a good reminder for all parents because, you know, a lot of times we'll tell, can't you know, give kids what they want just to like make them be quiet and leave us alone for a little while, you know, kind of thing. And so it can be, you know, kind of a slippery slope if we uh, start rewarding those negative behaviors. Not just that, but the band-aids don't teach. We must go through the repetitions consistently in order to teach the new behavior, right? And so, Kenneling the dog doesn't really teach potty training. It makes it so there's no accidents in the house potentially, but it doesn't show the animal that you want them to do their business outside, right? right? That's mm-hmm. where we have to co- consistently go through the repetitions. And so there's a lot of fun that we can have with a lot of this stuff, but I hope that illustrates to your audience how a lot of this stuff is quite similar. And for me, it's just really fun to bridge the gap between the two uh, because Mm -hmm. in doing my own personal growth and development type of work through the help of many incredible experts, I've been able to kind of see the correlation. And, you know, again, from being in the dog industry for 18 years, for me, it's really, really fun. Yeah, definitely. So we do have a little something that you brought along for our listeners. You have a free gift uh, for everybody called Free Week of DYI Dog Training on Demand eCourse. So tell us about that. Yeah. So in short, I found that a lot of people can't afford my hourly rate. It's hundreds of dollars per hour. And I can only work with so many people per day. I had to find a way that I could scale myself to the masses. And what I came up with is dog training videos. Three to five minutes each. There's nearly 200 of them. And it addresses everything from aggression to leash pulling to how to use positive reinforcement to even e-collar. Like I'm carrying all methods. And we're also talking about dog psychology. And so this is a way that people can have me for just 40 bucks a month. Um, through the videos, um, but your audience gets it free for a week to try out uh, to see how it works for them and their pets. And there'll be a whole lot of other free gifts um, as they stay uh, and join our pack. Nice. Awesome. Cool. I can't wait to check it out myself. I have a dog, like I mentioned, and, you know, sometimes uh, my my guests see her walking around in the back room background as she comes and goes and does her thing. Um, so thanks a lot, Ryan. It's been a real pleasure talking with you today. And I hope that people, you know, are inspired and found this conversation really, you know, enlightening. Yeah. I've, I hope that we were really able to be of service uh, to your audience. If anyone wants to connect with me, it's at I am Ryan Matthews at social media. I would love to hear what resonates with them. And if anyone has any questions to dive into anything deeper that resonates with them, I'm happy to do so. Awesome. That sounds great. And we're going to put your contact info right in the show notes. So if anybody wants to get a hold of you and didn't have a chance to write it down, we'll have it there. Very easy for everybody to find at holisticsexedradio.com. And thank you so much, Ryan. Thanks, Robin. This was a lot of fun. All right. Thanks for joining us today, everybody. We'll see you next week. Bye-bye.
You've been listening to Holistic Sex Ed Radio. Thank you for spending some of your precious time with us today. While these conversations may be difficult at times, the rewards are well worth it. We have the power to change the world by what we teach our kids. Join host Robin LaCrosse next Thursday at 1 p.m. Eastern Time, 10 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel for another thought-provoking conversation. Thank you and have a beautiful day.